Thank you very much, Katan, for being with us today. Thank you. Yeah. You told me something just off the camera, what your name means. Yeah, it's Sea Warrior in, uh, in Icelandic. Wow, yeah. Sea Warrior. <laughs> and Slette, uh, what does that mean? It means uh, what it means, it's straightforward. Yeah. I, I don't know the context. Or yeah, it's often from areas in Norway. Yeah, right? yeah, but I don't know where. Yeah. Yeah. So it. my name is uh, I used to uh, introduce myself as Kjartan and Sea Warrior in, in, <laughs> in New York, yeah. and that was fun. Yeah. But I, I saw often during the course of an evening the name would evolve. Yeah. So it started as Sea Warrior, cool. And then it would often transcend into Sea Bass. And so one time it ended up as Sea Lion. Sea Lion, okay. And then uh, I stopped yeah. talking about it, yeah. and I now go by KJ. Yeah, which, okay, is okay. which is easier. <laughs> okay, <so laughs> much it's, easier. It's often often uh, difficult with these Nordic names. How, how do you use them internationally? So exactly. KJ, so yeah. I was just told by my co-founder Thomas, who lives yeah. in New York, just stop trying. Yeah. Get yourself a college frat name. Yeah, like okay. KJ. KJ. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You're good. Great. Yeah. So many people here know you, Captain Slette, uh, in Unicast. Uh, for people who don't don't know Unicast, do you want to tell tell a little bit about uh, what you do today and and uh, what Unicast does? Yeah, uh, my story started with uh, being part of the founding team of a company called Tidal. It was a music streaming company. Mm -hmm. It was acquired by JC and now latest by Jack Dorsey of of Twitter and Square, and then. As that was acquired, Thomas and I started no, sorry, Unicast, yeah. Freud and Slip. And uh, we're basically trying to understand the whole world, yeah. how it fits together movement-wise so that we can understand retail uh, pandemics mm -hmm. like COVID-19, social distancing, yeah. uh, real estate, uh, city development, transportation. Yeah. Uh, so it's a huge, huge task. But, mm -hmm. um, and how do, how do you... How do you do that? Like, uh, on, you, the, the, you have a large vision, understand the whole world, and uh, I assume with data. With data, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so for, uh, can you can you explain it also in layman's terms? Yeah. So we're trying to uh, use different signals mm -hmm. from telecom, from Wi-Fi, from yeah. GPS, from yeah. NFC, and any signal that says something about the physical world. Mm -hmm. And then we aggregate that up to try to create movement patterns. I see. That's the short of it. Yeah. yeah. So you went from one company to another, mm -hmm. and and uh, and with with uh, with the same person, uh, Thomas, or did he? Yeah, I uh, I studied with him yeah. in Copenhagen. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we worked together in Tidal. Yeah. And when when that was acquired, we we wanted to try to rectify some of the errors mm -hmm. made yeah. in Tidal. And also to uh, build upon our relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's when we decided we need to do this again. Yeah, wow, great. Yeah. So you didn't want to retire, but you want to keep... keep oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah. I don't think retirement seems to me like in kind of a dying concept. Yeah. I think it will be different uh, for our generation and beyond mm -hmm. retirement. So I hope not, <laughs> never. So, so you don't want to... Spend the time playing golf in Florida. Never, no. especially not in Florida. No, no, with see. the political climate yeah. in the US right now. <laughs> so, but but uh, have you always been fascinating in ideas and entrepreneurship and 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 uh, what, had, what? Never, no, no. No, no I was uh, I was wasn't kind of destined to go the academic route. Yeah. That was my path. Yeah. Uh, what did you study? 
I started mm-hmm. on uh, law mm-hmm. and psychology, yeah. uh, but totally unmotivated. And it was very... Both in law and psychology. Both. Uh, yeah. And I, I started with law straight mm-hmm. after high school, yeah. uh, because I, I, that was my mm-hmm. path in life, yeah. I believe, that my surroundings believed. Mm-hmm. But I could not motivate, motivate myself. myself. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, okay, it's law that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Let's find another route because it's still the academic route. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought, let's find something that is m- applicable to more paths. Mm-hmm. And psychology is something that you can build on in many different routes, right? Yeah. But the same happened. Could not uh, motivate myself or get into it. Yeah. Um, it tried everything. Listen to music or coffee or talking to colleagues and, and I, I just realized yeah. uh, halfway into that psycho- first year of psychology that mm-hmm. it was it was not um, the education that was a problem with me. Yeah. I wasn't ready. I didn't want this myself. Mm-hmm. So um, while I was studying, I've been working part time in a in a in a record store, and I said yeah. instead of wasting time and money trying to find something that I'm clearly not. Mm-hmm. motivated to right now at least uh, let's just make a clean break mm-hmm. and just work mm-hmm. so instead I dove into the music industry and yeah. uh, became a store manager and then mm-hmm. later the head buyer yeah. um, and uh, some years later that's when I got the urge mm-hmm. okay now I'm ready yeah. and then I moved to Copenhagen and started business school there mm-hmm. that's when I met Thomas yeah <laughs> And but then studying for me wasn't following some kind of path I believed mm-hmm. to be the correct one. It was more about adding competences to mm-hmm. what I've already experienced and wanted to experience yeah. more of. So, so with these years in the record store and being a store manager, being in industry and business, you realized, okay, this is this is my path. No, no. <laughs> I realized, I realized that uh, now was the time to backfill mm-hmm. with, uh, with, uh, with kind of more theoretical frameworks to business. Yeah. Yeah. And then by accident, mm-hmm. which I think life is largely about accidents. And then mm-hmm. you choose, uh, like you, you have choices in front of you, but, yeah. but they are random. Yeah. But then you take certain choices over others. And then when you look in the back mirror, Review mirror, it seems like it was all planned out. Of course, it isn't. No. So, by accident, the music yeah. industry was the first industry hit by digital, right? Mm. Simple fact it's the file size are small enough yeah. to allow for easy distribution over the internet. Mm-hmm. So, that was the industry that was attacked by what we then call pirates, mm-hmm. Napster, etc. Yeah. And that forced, after a couple of years, that industry and then myself mm-hmm. to rethink. How to sell music mm-hmm. and that led to mp3s uh, and that further down the road led to streaming mm-hmm. which is the of course dominant uh, music consumption uh, form today mm-hmm. so uh, and if you want to go further back yeah. i started in the record store because yeah. my dad collected vinyl wow so i grew up looking at these fantastic vinyl covers yeah. and just mesmerized by the creativity <laughs> and wow. he talked about Beatles and yeah. Rolling Stones and Pink yeah. Floyd and he was the one that introduced me to my music favorites mm-hmm. Beck, Portishead, yeah. like in the early 2000s um, yeah. so uh, it was my dad mm-hmm. and isn't that you, you know this isn't everything 
your parents <laughs> everything <laughs> could be for some yeah, yeah. i see yeah. so so mm. random events yeah uh, but i'm proud that i took the opportunities yeah. in front of me yeah mm. so and then you meet thomas you you, you talk warm warmth uh, you talk kindly about him yeah i met him uh, in copenhagen yeah he, he was a bit younger yeah since he had gone the mm -hmm. direct from high school route yeah uh, and he has a very clear career path, had a very mm -hmm. clear career yeah. path in his head. And I was a bit older, yeah. but we were uh, in a foreign country. So it was natural that two Norwegians mm -hmm. hit up a conversation. Yeah. So yeah, the Danish people, they're often two Icelanders and Norwegians. Uh, yeah, yeah, at least it took some time yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to just make them understand uh, yeah. <laughs> what we were about. So the first, very first day at school, yeah. even before we started classes, we met yeah. at like this intro uh, gathering yeah. and we yeah. said hi. Yeah. We were night and day. I came from the music industry, had long yeah. hair and, uh, and uh, had some years of experience. Mm -hmm. He was this preppy boy from, from the west of Oslo. Yeah. With no experience, mm -hmm. yeah. but due to the randomness of us being in that country at that time, yeah. led us to meet, and then we worked together for three years uh -huh. uh, um, at CBS yeah. at the school. Yeah. yeah, and and after the education, uh, uh, how did you decide to go into starting starting a company or concept? How did that develop? Yeah, I came from the music industry, and mm -hmm. this was act. Uh, uh, just at the moment where the music industry was bleeding mm -hmm. because of the piracy. Yeah. So we decided to use most of our time at CBS mm -hmm. trying to understand from a theoretical viewpoint why this happened. Mm -hmm. So we kind of dissected the music industry or, or, or uh, digital industries to understand why they were reacting with uh, threats of lawsuits mm -hmm. instead of trying to see this as is mm -hmm. a better service like yeah. napster was a better product mm -hmm. than the music industry's distribution through cds yeah. so we used those three years to 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 really dive into some of those mm -hmm. uh yeah background processes and and built in uh, uh, guardrails mm -hmm. uh, that the industry had yeah. that prohib prohibited them from seeing what was happening i see and they were basically locked into their own kind of universe mm -hmm. of understanding. We used a lot of Bourdieu to understand how, how, how they were using their capital uh, of, of like um, economy and, and, and also the legal perspective to, mm -hmm. to keep their users to them. Mm -hmm. But in, in that they failed to see that the users had moved on. Mm -hmm. um, so as we came to the end of that journey, mm -hmm. I was uh, hired uh, or asked to come join a company in Norway. Mm -hmm that were uh, just starting to experiment with uh, mp3 stores etc mm. that was of course very compelling a it was music which yeah. i came from b it was trying to address some of those theoretical challenges that we had been mm -hmm. focusing on in, in copenhagen yeah. and that over the course of the next years um, merged into streaming mm. and tidal and voila i was in the tech industry yeah, yeah. i see so i completely backed into it yeah. by luck. So one thing one thing led to another? Randomness, yeah. but again, uh, I decided to move to Copenhagen to study. Mm -hmm. That was a bit of a bold move yeah. uh, with no support network. Yeah. I decided to uh, move to Norway uh, six months before my studies were done to mm -hmm. take this job. Yeah. So I, I, 
I went back every weekend to write my assignments, mm -hmm. but I lived in Norway for half a year while studying in Copenhagen. Yeah. Uh, so there's these choices I've mm -hmm. made, which I'm proud of, but, yeah. but the opportunity itself, yeah. random. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, some people describe after that, yeah, that uh, in their career, they take one choice and it's like, like after that, that choices almost take them themselves, that things just start to uh, develop. Automatically, yeah. did you feel that you were just starting a journey, and then then you one path followed the another automatically? Yeah, not automatically, <laughs> but uh, it was a kind of a growth thing. Mm -hmm. So one thing was the opportunities that we talked about, but my personal journey yeah. uh, was because uh, if you go back to my kind of uh, perceived academic uh, destiny. Mm -hmm. Uh, also signaled that I, I perhaps didn't believe that I were in total control of my life. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So that journey o o over those years also signaled kind of a liberation or independence yeah. where I gradually learned or challenged myself to mm -hmm. take bigger risk and try uncertain things. Yeah. So if I weren't, if, if that didn't happen in parallel, mm -hmm. I think I would have uh, said no to a lot of the opportunities yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Uh, so, is so that was that was that challenging to challenging to have it hanging over you? Sometimes the community and, and society and parents and family send signals that this would be ideal to do, and then a, a person does something else. You you can feel that the signals. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Was that challenging? Yeah, of course. But with all things, yeah. each time you do it, mm -hmm. it becomes a bit easier. So yeah. first time horrible. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, I think that's why I actually uh, kept the academic route for two years. It's yeah. a lot of time, right? Yeah. Before I woke up and said this, even if it's embarrassing, because it's kind of embarrassing. Mm. That's the route you take in yeah. Norway. Yeah. So when you kind of stop studying for a while, mm -hmm. you kind of also send a signal to your surroundings that you have failed, mm. right? You do. Yeah. So that, I said, that was the big the big choice that demanded a lot from me, mm -hmm. but then consequently it gets easier, right? Yeah. yeah. And did you, did you think your self-confidence and believe in yourself grew or was it always high? No, it was always low. Yeah. <laughs> so this is pure training mm -hmm. uh, and I'm still very uh, uncertain at core, yeah. uh, but I've learned to see that as a strength, not as a weakness. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I've experienced that it's not dangerous to try to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I rather see my insecurities as something that levels me, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, helps me prepare mm -hmm. uh, and not be complacent. Mm -hmm. So and I think a lot of life is about becoming like friends with your monster, mm -hmm. not trying to necessarily change it because that's super hard, yeah. but try to try, try to accept it and yeah. this is who I am and how can I use this to create value instead of destruction. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's very interesting, especially for psychologists. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Free so, tip. <laughs> okay. So, but, uh, but can, you, can you walk us through that a little bit? Uh, like you, you embrace the insecurity. That, uh, gradually. Uh, gradually, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, so uh, how, how do you see that as a strength today? Like, uh, because you probably changed your attitude towards the insecurity and like, can you walk us through what happened to you? Yeah, so the ultimate, uh, that's not where I am, but I think the ultimate destination mm -hmm. is to realize that all of this is a construction, right? Yeah. 
nothing is real, so to say. Nothing really matters. We mm -hmm. are a random uh, distribution and involvement of uh, uh, cells and genes on a cold, lonely planet in an endless universe. Mm -hmm. Everything, us, yeah. this meeting, totally meaningless. Really? You think? Totally meaningless in like yeah. the larger scale. Yeah. Yeah. And for me that is liberating yeah. because that means if there's no meaning, you have to create it yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? You have to build meaning into your life. And that for me is much more giving yeah. than trying to seek meaning outside myself yeah. um, through work or relationships or, uh, or a career or wealth mm -hmm. or anything. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the destination, and I mm -hmm. think it's an ideal. You you don't you never really get there mm -hmm. if you're not like a Zen Buddhist monk or something yeah. that is totally disconnected. <laughs> but but yeah. but that, that's my ideal to strive yeah. and create re meaning for yourself. Remind yeah. myself that yeah. uh, everything is meaningless. Therefore, mm -hmm. I have to create meaning. Mm -hmm. So I would say I'm like midway on that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still kind of. And is the insecurity which you mentioned is that how how is that connected to you? Like, were you does does that mean that you were insecure about yourself or about yeah. your ability to? Yeah, to I was do things, an or? introvert as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so I spent most of my time um, with uh, like my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's probably why I was also pretty good at school mm -hmm. uh, because I used a lot of time on it. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, it's it's only kind of the latter part of my life where I've moved from being an introvert to I wouldn't say extrovert but more of an ambivert like yeah. needing both both mm -hmm. the solitude and uh, and the social energy. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's I've thought about why and what was the trigger point. Mm -hmm. If I were to uh, the change, I mean, if I were to. Uh, be my own psychologist, yeah. which I think you should be from time to time. I think it was when um, when I got to the stage where uh, you kind of going to your first parties, um, started drinking, mm -hmm. like seventeen for me, yeah. pretty late. But then, <clears throat> then I um, I got into this new group of friends, mm -hmm. and they listened to different music, they wore different clothes. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got graduated, and they were super nice yeah. in addition, right? So, yeah. And they're still my friends. Yeah. So that was kind of the first kind of um, sign or peak uh, into a different life, mm -hmm. uh, that there are different ways of living. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as a consequence, I believe I dared to take that part-time position in a record store, which is a very, like working in a store especially with music, is a very extrovert position mm. because you are meeting, well, all youths at your age as mm -hmm. they come in and buy music and yeah. you have to be very outgoing mm -hmm. to succeed. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the, that was the active choice that, yeah. uh, that um, enforced kind of this yeah. initial thought. Mm -hmm. But then the trigger point, I think, was when I came home and said, hey, I got this job in a in a record store, mm -hmm. and my family uh, we ate dinner together every every um, evening. Very good, tight family and childhood, but they couldn't believe it, mm -hmm. and they they reacted. I would say logically, yeah. but they reacted surprised. Are you sure? 
Yes. Did they say? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I remember uh, thinking that no one decides what I can do. Mm -hmm. I'm not like I I can change faster than your yeah. impression of me. Yeah. So that, I think that was the that's yeah. what I decided mm -hmm. that I'm going to be uh, focusing on this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Okay. Interesting. So so some of this insecurity you talk about uh, manifests itself around other people, but you're more secure when you're alone in the solitude is that how things were i don't know if you can be that black and white mm -hmm. i think i have an insecure core yeah but i've uh, learned to master it mm -hmm. and then listen to it yeah. when needed and ignore it when yeah. needed and i said 90 percent of the time it's wise to ignore it mm -hmm. because as humans we have this we overestimate how much other people think about you mm. That is true. <laughs> most most people yeah. think about themselves. Yeah. And they don't care about your errors or mistakes yeah. or yeah. embarrassing moments. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's training. Mm. Mm. I see. Mm. Okay, uh, and interesting that you stayed in such a tough industry for 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 many years. Uh, yeah, because what I brought with me from the from the initial introvert days mm -hmm. was this um, I had this uh, I knew that working hard worked mm -hmm. I knew that if you worked hard on the subject over time yeah. you would be smarter and learn new stuff mm -hmm. so I took that with me or that's kind of built in so yeah. I, when I do something even if it's super scary yeah. if, I, if I would just cross the threshold mm -hmm. I'm going I'm like uh, like an animal, I'm gonna claw yeah. to it until yeah. that's it, a signal to you that this until is the in, until the prey is dead. Yeah, I see. So so yeah, some people talk about that. They they, they actively, whether it's a conscious choice, but they actively seek discomfort or, or they might yeah. thrive in it. And it's, that's what I've learned again yeah. through doing this a couple of times that mm -hmm. I'm most happy. Yeah. In discomfort, mm -hmm. and I had this discussion with a. A PhD uh, that works here, mm -hmm. um, uh, has a PhD, and he has been thinking a lot about what happiness is. So mm -hmm. we had this super interesting yeah. discussion about happiness in yeah. uh, his interview, mm -hmm. and we discussed if ha if happiness is a being uh, content every second, minute, hour of your life. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, that could be through food or uh, entertainment or mm -hmm. some kind of vice, but you're you're making sure that you're always yeah. uh, entertained and, and mm -hmm. happy. Yeah. Or is happiness delaying happiness mm -hmm. by uh, working really hard and actually being quite unhappy at times mm -hmm. because you are striving for mm -hmm. something this, yeah. more or better? Mm -hmm. Um, and we didn't kind of conclude, uh, but we, 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 we decided that, at least for us, happiness was looking back at the end of your life, mm -hmm. at your life, yeah. and being proud, yeah. instead of having each moment being filled with happiness, mm -hmm. or perhaps looking back yeah. and being, ah, I really spent too much time on that sofa, stuffing <laughs> food into my face. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I'd yeah. rather be happy on my yeah. deathbed yeah. or in every moment of my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. It sounds kind of fatalistic, but... No, no. I, I see, yeah. I see, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so what is often interesting, I think, is that 
together with Thomas, you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're the founder of, of mm -hmm. uh, Unicast and now uh, you have a growing company and, yep. and, and I can sense it, it's my first time in your office, uh, there is a philosophy on, on how to treat people. Yes. Uh, whether it's the right philosophy, I don't know. It's but, ours. But yeah. it's yours yeah. and there is a philosophy. So, and uh, it's often connected to uh, philosophy of the founders. It should be. Yeah. I think it's very easily uh, detectable if it's not. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that off camera, mm. uh, 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 when you sense something is real or not. Mm. So that's why it's important that often the culture is uh, connected to what, how the founders think as well. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about uh, uh, how you think about em em employees? Uh, and and how you think about treating them and what is a little mm. bit the philosophy? Mm. Uh, first to your question or yeah. your intro, I, I think you're right that initial culture is very connected to mm. to the founding team at least. Yeah. Of course, you can't really control culture; it's its own thing. Mm. So changes when new people come. Exactly. Yeah. So or, mm. and we used to talk about when we were interviewing, mm. talk about uh, cultural fit. Mm -hmm. But it very soon dawned on, upon us that that's the wrong way on, of looking at it because mm -hmm. we don't want to have someone fit into a pre-created box. Mm -hmm. We want something to someone to grow mm. our culture and who we are. So now we talk about cultural contribution, mm -hmm. which is a much more open yeah. uh, philosophy about who people um, can be and will grow into. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we have a people first uh, philosophy. Yeah. But they are not allowed to be happy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> At the end of your life. <laughs> That's what you say no. in the interview. Everyone, you, uh, we, want, we, we don't want you to be happy just in the end of your life. Are you smiling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, everyone has to choose their uh, happiness yeah. uh, routes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we, we try to uh, we try to, and I think this is synonymous for most modern companies. Hopefully, mm -hmm. yeah. that we try to build a company around the people instead of building a company and then trying to fit people into that company. Mm -hmm. So that means that it's like an organism, and, yeah. and that further means that the teams and how we structure ourselves it's changing. Mm -hmm. It's not like a mold that yeah. uh, we have to at all times fit into. Yeah. Uh, so. In the start, that was um, that was pretty easy. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some false starts. We, mm -hmm. we when we started to define our culture, we did what most companies do. We we decided on five things, and then we emailed it out and mm -hmm. said, "This is our values. <laughs> These are our values." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. People accepted it, but they were not used. No. Uh, and no wonder, because they were. Or just created, right? Yeah. And I think so it, they sounded or looked good. Yeah, yeah, like be brave and, yeah. and go forward and all the bullshit. And, yeah. and I think you can see those in many companies. Yeah. You often paint. If my my theory is, is that if a company has values painted on the wall, <laughs> nobody believes them. <laughs> <laughs> because if you have to go to the step and paint exactly. them on the wall, exactly, yeah. you, are, you it, it's not your yeah. real values. Yeah, I system. think it's a good indication as well. <laughs> if you're in a company, it's a sign wash your cups after using <laughs> then you know the kitchen is dirty yeah, yeah. that's a good example <laughs> like a micro example yeah. so um yeah so we just had to scrap half a year later scrap that process and we yeah. restarted it and yeah. i written a blog post about this too that where we more uh, had a conversation as a company and the question was more who are we and who do we aspire to be mm -hmm. instead of what's something cool to 
tell the world that we are. Mm -hmm. And that led to a much, much more healthy process. Yeah. And those values, which were five at the time, mm -hmm. have been condensed to four and yeah. to the three today. Yeah. And they're on their way to be one uh, without words, just a symbol. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, a, uh, for me, that's a sign of success yeah. when you can condense what you're about into mm -hmm. less and less uh, like external objects. Mm. Uh, and we, instead of painting on the walls, yeah. we have made sure that we can use it in our uh, daily conversations. So mm. we made them into icons, yeah. uh, we use them as emojis in Slack. Yeah. So we're trying to build a language where this is a natural part yeah. instead of, yeah, what was our values again? I have to look it up in a handbook. Oh yeah, it was be brave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so that, 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 that was the initial yeah. kind of aha moment yeah. that, that values have to come from within, yeah. not from uh, some kind of uh, design process. No. And then, uh, then build everything around that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then, of course, you, you, you have to evolve. As you grow and become more people, you learn new stuff. For instance, uh, uh, we're in the US and Norway. Mm -hmm. There's slight cultural differences. Yeah. Not slight, even big. Yeah. So in Norway, you have like the social democracy as the mm -hmm. foundation of how we yeah, live mm -hmm. and work. Well, in the US, you have the American dream, mm -hmm. which is the foundation. Yeah. And that's much more individualistic, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that there's different, small differences, or actually big, that that also uh, reveals itself uh, at the workplace. Mm -hmm. So we have to gradually make some adjustments to be applicable across the Atlantic. Mm. We have, have, have evolved with having explicit, explicit uh, code of conduct mm -hmm. so that we, uh, ahead of yeah. a potential event, mm -hmm. have defined what is appropriate behavior, for instance. Mm -hmm. And I found that uh, many companies struggle with um, uh, kind of dealing with events, negative events at mm -hmm. the company when they are doing it retroactively. Mm -hmm. Because then the people involved can say, yeah, but I didn't know this is a gray area. Or, or uh, you, you can argue, yeah, but this is such a valuable person for us. So mm -hmm. we're going to look at other. Yeah. There's so many outs, mm -hmm. but if you have defined yeah. your code of conduct very, very explicitly, you you don't have any outs. This yeah. is what we believe in. Working on it proactively, yeah. Much, much easier, much more, uh, mm. much, much safer. And I think if I were to sum it up, mm. uh, it's about creating a safe environment because mm. that's where people yeah. uh, have fun yeah. and do great, great things. Yeah. Yeah. Psychological safety, as we as we yeah, like and we, we, about. we yeah. talked about it uh, yeah. when you came in. One thing, yeah. and the most important thing, is psycho, uh, psychological safety, but also yeah. how we design our offices. Yeah, right? it's it's darker, mm. browner yeah. uh, tones, yeah. uh, lots of uh, cushions and sofas and small rooms and nooks mm -hmm. and crannies to hide, be alone if you want to, but also open areas yeah. if you want that. So. Having a, an environment that enables you to also feel safe. Yeah, mm. I see. So, so, and it must be then a, a core idea behind this is that now I'm thinking out loud here, is that uh, people who who feel better and thrive better, they perform better. I no no. 
Uh, might be, yeah. but that's not the philosophy. No. Um, that's not something you 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 believe that uh, that by this, if people are happier, if they thrive better, that they I, might. I I I do believe it, mm -hmm. but I can't prove it. No, uh, and yeah. I'm very skeptical of uh, research papers that that point to such conclusions because mm -hmm. you can find twenty others that point to the opposite. Mm. So. You have to, something. Some things you just have to believe, yeah. and uh, for me, it's not about increased performance necessarily. But like we have, what, what do we have? Like 80, 90 years on this meaningless planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's worthwhile to make that as pleasant and as uh, yeah. safe as possible, and that could be a goal in itself. Yeah. Instead of thinking about mm. what it leads to. What it yeah. leads to. Yeah. 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 Exactly, and as we were talking about, yeah, some things you can guarantee, and if you can guarantee that you have it very nice, <laughs> then then that's uh, that's uh, good for the group and the team. Yeah, I'm deadly scared of uh, being again old, mm -hmm. and not old in itself, but yeah. at a retirement home, yeah. and then being dissatisfied with my choices, mm -hmm. and, uh, cutting corners or being unfriendly, yeah. or uh, not taking the chances in front of me. All of those mm -hmm. things. I see. That's why the title journey was so frustrating, mm. um, even though it was a kind of cool yeah. exit, etc. But uh, we really did not maximize opportunity. Okay? We were at the right time with the mm -hmm. right product, and look at Spotify today, yeah. humongous, and mm. title is tiny. Uh, and uh, the only reason is poor execution. Mm -hmm. And that's also one of the reasons that Thomas and I decided to start yeah. a new company because I don't want to sit at that retirement home mm -hmm. and really, really replay in my head. No. You had this fantastic global opportunity yeah. and due to lack of uh, understanding, lack of experience, lack of uh, boldness, yeah. you you didn't take it as far as you could. So, I, so I, I need to... I need to rectify that I see. with Unicast. Yeah. So it's like a personal challenge. I see. Mm. So in the retirement home, if you play bingo, you want to do it with a happy face. You don't want to think about the past too much. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, I'm also conscious that at the yeah. retirement home playing bingo, yeah. I might be super competitive on bingo. <laughs> <laughs> you might think like, why didn't I study bingo before? Why don't I? I don't want to die. <laughs> I don't want to die losing in bingo. <laughs> so, so perhaps, exactly, perhaps this yeah. is like like an eternal. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what do you call it, Norwegian uh, livslang, yeah, yeah. lifeline, yeah. that you're always trying to. Yeah. Uh, Go to <laughs> it's like when you are on a hike yeah. and you think that the next hill is the top, yeah. but it's never right. No, when you get to always, that one. always the next one. Yeah, but again, that's what makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. yeah, that's good that you're seeking those challenges. Yeah. Being on a hike yeah. makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you as a as a founder and as an entrepreneur, uh, we both know it's it's up and down, uh, uh, yep. and it can be stressful and yep. and and. Uh, there are many things, many stakeholders, there, yep. are, there are people, there are products, there are investors. There, yeah. It is stressful. It, it's painful at yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. And so so uh, how have you dealt with that? Uh, the, the same way as we talked about earlier. Mm. Uh, Use the same strategies. As yeah, as recognizing as well. that it's part of this. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you can choose to not have. No. 
And I think if you don't have it, you're not really building a company that is ambitious enough. Mm -hmm. So like with my insecurities, it's about accepting that these uh, valleys, mm -hmm. emotional valleys, are yeah. part of building a company. Mm -hmm. And you can even argue that you can't, can't have highs mm -hmm. without the lows. Yeah. That's, what, that's what gives you contrast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be becoming friendly with the monster. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of, I hear that you worked a lot with your beliefs and thoughts about, about how things are. Did you, did you actively seek books or advice from others uh, in getting feedback on that or, or was that, or was that uh, all by yourself? No, I've, I've, I've been to a, a psychologist once yeah. just to test it yeah. and she said, never come back. You don't have any issues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't, you don't okay. need me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not read. Uh, when I read, I read primarily fiction, mm -hmm. and I find that that also has a lot of yeah. because uh, a truth because it more than giving you the answer or or uh, giving you the recipe for someone else's solution, mm -hmm. it gives you kind of ideas mm -hmm. and and uh, inputs to your own chain yeah. of thought so, more so, so than a, a, like a, like a, like a, like a how-to book mm. or. A, yeah, how to uh, tackle stress in a startup? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's too explicit. Yeah. That's too explicit because yeah. typically it wouldn't really apply yeah. to me. It yeah. would be so different. Yeah. And, and the guy who wrote that book probably never did a startup. Or exactly. So, so my favorite book in yeah. understanding myself is a book by Paul Auster called The Illusionist, mm -hmm. which is about um, this guy that rediscovers some old footage of a. Um, of a forgotten uh, star from the silence film days mm -hmm. and uh, I don't want to go into details but it's about uh, what it means to be human it's about uh, that magic does really exist but mm -hmm. it is real yeah. like it's in the interconnection between people mm -hmm. uh, and that you can create fantastic stuff mm -hmm. in the realm of reality yeah. uh, so I, 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 I rather listen to yeah. those kind of books and and uh, read about uh, society, meaning being up to date on what is happening mm -hmm. around us. I think that's very, very, very important. Yeah. So I'm currently reading a book that is comparing the state of today's USA mm -hmm. with the latter part of uh, the fall of Rome. Mm -hmm. And there is many similarities in kind of the deconstruction of democracy, yeah. which we're now seeing the early signs of in, in in the US and I think th those are things that you can't get from just um, uh, sitting uh, with a cup of tea and thinking about life. Mm -hmm. Those are things that you really need to uh, understand. Knowledge, knowledge and analysis. And, what yeah, is happening in society today. Yeah. Yeah. But, but interesting, so, so from your perspective, like you seek a little sometimes advice or feedback in the fiction that becomes a little bit your self-help, yes. so to speak. Yes, yeah. I'm a bit, little bit wary of getting uh, too much advice from books mm. and others yeah. because I often find that it can put you on the wrong path mm. and um, as human beings we're also perhaps too welcoming of mm. external input because you often devalue your own mm. opinions and yeah. you increase the value of others' yeah. opinions. I'm a little bit afraid of being put on the wrong yeah. path yeah. by being too open. I, I, I recognize that sounds horrible but 
for me it works mm. to rather try to find truths within yeah. instead of outside. It's, it's, it's what we discussed earlier, right? Mm. There is no meaning. We are random yeah. mutations. Yeah. Um, so we I never said I think I agreed. But. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's my thinking. And if that is true, yeah. then also meaning is within me. I see. Mm. But that that is maybe you're surprised to hear it, but that's actually how psychologists work. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So so giving direct advice to people, then then you take something away from them. Yeah, you exactly. take the thinking processes. So you're, it, so you're more a mirror. The more mirror self-reflection, helping people to evaluate options. Yeah finding their own path exactly. and, and people they have some different paths so so it is music to a psychologist's ears <laughs> to, to 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 uh, listen to because if you read a how-to book it's like 10 steps to mm. become more effective yeah. or 10 steps to become happy yeah. that's not how yes, it works it doesn't apply it doesn't necessarily have <laughs> yeah for you the author exactly yeah and then people may become disappointed yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it is a symptom of our time and age yeah. where, uh, at least in the Western world, where we're coming to this level of uh, comfort, yeah. where we're not struggling as much mm. as we used to as yeah. a species in the mm -hmm. day-to-day -to, -day to yeah. survive, and we're looking for meaning, mm -hmm. but often an outside yeah. ourselves, and I think that's the wrong, mm -hmm. wrong place to look. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting, and, and, and uh, your private life, uh, mm. are, you, are you a family man? Depends if you mean a traditional family or yeah. families in uh, having love of close ones. Yeah. If the latter, yes. Yeah. But I don't live in a traditional family. No. Uh, I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. um, she's 10 and she's with me every other week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have siblings, sister, brother. Yeah. They have their families with various... Sounds like a family man to me. Constructions. <laughs> My yeah. parents aren't together anymore, yeah. but... Yeah. We spend time together, so it's like a, I think it's a pretty symptomatic modern mm. family composition, where there's yeah. looser and stronger conne connections and people coming in and out. Yeah. Um, but but in that context, very much a family man, yeah. and I think actually it. Uh, at least my daughter was the anchor that kept me somewhat. Uh, detached, no, not detached, attached mm -hmm. to reality when all of this it can be a bit of a carousel, positive carousel when you are in this whirlwind of exposure and you raise a lot of money and you launch in the US, there's a lot of mm -hmm. distractions. Yeah. And I, without my daughter, I would probably live in New York now mm -hmm. where we have our HQ. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. And I'm super glad for that. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of the many examples of how she, just by being my daughter, but also through the person she is, mm -hmm. has um, balanced me out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, very important for me. And mm -hmm. I think it's also made me a better, at least a more nuanced uh, business owner. Yeah. Mm. That's uh, very, very uh, interesting to hear. So, so your daughter plays a big part then in, in your life and the decisions you made also for yourself and the company. Yeah, yeah. like hugely, like where I live, mm. how I work, yeah. uh, how often I work. Yeah, um, yeah she's... Yeah. she's uh, 
other uh, are the weeks very different when you have her or, or when you don't how, how, how do you how do you put them up yeah so in the start when mm. she was younger they were night and day mm. and I almost had this um, it, it's it's the wrong word but I'm gonna use it uh, anyways Jekyll and Hyde life mm. <laughs> but don't take the comparison to to uh, directly but, but I had two very different lives yeah. so I had one uh, when she was in kindergarten, I had one week yeah. where I I made the back in the the, um, uh, the food for the kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I followed her. Yeah. Then I went to work, uh, and then I went back to pick her up. Mm -hmm. uh, got her home, uh, played, uh, made dinner, got her to bed, and then I worked some hours in the um, in the afternoon evening. Mm -hmm. and that was the week, like her schedule was driving my schedule and the other week I was in New York yeah <laughs> totally different yeah. just being called C Bass at parties yeah, yeah. Katie now and, <laughs> and yeah. meeting investors yeah. and working 24 7 yeah. being in Manhattan yeah. out eating meeting people yeah. and then flying back in the weekend and then Picking up in kindergarten on Monday making food and yeah. singing uh, songs to yeah. make her fall asleep again yeah so that was actually pretty good um, for me, at least mix in those early days, because mm. I could both dive into what is needed when you start yeah. a company, because mm -hmm. that is yeah. a huge mm. um, uh, demand on yourself. Mm. But I could also make sure to structure all my important meetings, all my important travels to that week. Mm. And then I could be super dad yeah. the other week. Yeah. Now that she's older, yeah. those lines are more blurred. So. Um, now I can I can be both um, uh, I can be both a professional and a dad at the same time mm. much more than when she was little mm. and of course we had COVID yeah. which changed everything again mm -hmm. uh, and I don't believe at least at Unicas we will ever come back to the office 100% mm. so our initial decision is to work Mondays and Fridays mm -hmm. no Mondays and Tuesdays sorry yeah. and then Wednesday to Friday at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so perhaps this uh, like uh, binary thing I had to make in the early days of her life yeah. isn't necessary mm -hmm. in the next couple of years due to her age, but also due to me being more at home. Yeah. Perhaps if I were a young dad today mm. in COVID, yeah. it would have been more flexible than it yeah. was for me, perhaps. So the COVID situation also made you change the little bit the company policy in regards to office and yeah in, in conversation with our mm. uh, people yeah, yeah. and, and uh, it's horrible to say this COVID-19 is a pandemic millions mm. are dead millions <laughs> more are going to die mm. uh, Africa isn't even beginning to get vaccinated this is going to mutate and it's a pandemic of uh, yeah. immense proportions mm. uh, but for me personally mm -hmm. it's been the happiest time of my life yeah, yeah. oh so just um, gave me the ability to really embrace a different way of life. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, first of all, less travel, mm -hmm. never going back to traveling every other week. You're never going back to the, the New York every other week scheme. I, thinking back at it now, I, I think it was almost killing me. Mm. Yeah. Like, I never had appetite. I slept poorly. Um, 
I was always in this mood, flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm never going to go back to that kind of... I will travel, but it's going to be more on my terms instead mm-hmm. of the company's terms. Yeah. And I think we also overestimated from a company level and from a personal level how needed it was mm-hmm. to, to physically be present yeah. so often. So that's assumptions guiding us. I have to be there. I have to show up. But but people realize, oh, no, not yeah, necessarily. And, and, and like, I don't think it's a, I don't, the difference is that the, the whole world realized this, mm-hmm. not only me. So it kind of changed the whole landscape of how you can design mm-hmm. work in private life. So for me, uh, that's really really um, brought a new kind of calm into my life mm-hmm. you could kind of jog in the middle of the day yeah. uh, i'm there when my daughter comes back from school instead of three hours later you can just mm-hmm. have a small chat have a light meal and then yeah. i go back to work yeah. so that that was the final puzzle in my mm-hmm. puzzle piece in yeah. my happiness puzzle yeah. but so it all came together helped you prioritize differently and yeah, I, I I think I was pretty good at prioritizing before, but it involved more stress. Mm. I was kind of, in order to make room for her and work, yeah. I was often running between mm-hmm. uh, places physically and mentally. Mm. But now I have more time yeah. to breathe and, uh, and be more calm yeah. uh, when I transition mm. from those two modes. Yeah. Mm. Some research points to, and also some some people say, I, I, I don't know myself what, what I exactly believe in that, but people say that founders and, and managers who have, have children, they, um, they become a little bit different managers for, and then managers who don't have children. Yeah. And sometimes they change in the way also how the children grow up, might others say. Yeah. Does that period and being a dad, do you think that also changes a little bit? How you are as a manager for your people? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And you have to remember that if you look at the statistics, mm. the successful typical founder yeah. is someone that is around 43, 42, mm. 43, 44. Yeah. So we often think about the Mark Zuckerbergs, etc. Yeah. They're anomalies. Yeah. Most founders yeah. are a bit older, yeah. they have families. And they have previous work experience, so they know kind of they've seen a problem that they want to fix. Mm. Uh, so I would say most founders mm-hmm. uh, have that yeah. positive baggage with mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and it helps you see people more holistically. Because mm. I think if you're younger, yeah. you only know work, mm. um, then you see your people in the, in the organization as only one-dimensional mm. that's what they produce when they're writing code yeah. but when you have your family yourself it's mm-hmm. easier to recognize that this is a full person yeah. that has other layers other layers that yeah. that are equally important both for them of course mm-hmm. uh, if not more yeah. but also for the company mm-hmm. because uh, different backgrounds yeah. gives different views on problems mm. yeah so so you would say hand with heart that this company is a family-friendly company super friendly. <laughs> yeah, we even have uh, uh, once a year we have uh, family parties yeah. with clowns and balloons uh-huh. and, and treasure hunts around the office yeah. we have very generous uh, policies around mm. um, yeah. taking maternity and paternity leave also mm. in the US which yeah. is kind of 
uncommon. Yeah, they must uh, be short. They only get a couple of days. Yeah, if that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Men basically zero, right? Yeah. Uh, mm. and women, women ten days or something. Yeah, two yeah. weeks, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. I so, think it's enough. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so definitely mm. uh, changes you as a leader, um, and I think it changes uh, Alma, my daughter, as mm -hmm. well. Uh, hopefully, she will. That's what I'm at least trying to say to her. Not mm -hmm. that I want her to take any specific route, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to uh, teach her that you can actually choose everything. Mm -hmm. um, and when I, for instance, when I grew up, there was no other choice mm -hmm. than studying in Norway, yeah. and perhaps, like, perhaps Oslo. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't grow, grow up in Oslo. Grow up in Oslo. But I want to make sure that she understands there's a huge world out there mm -hmm. and with endless uh, possibilities. And mm -hmm. as I told you earlier, I was kind of stuck in this one route, mm -hmm. which was an academic route mm -hmm. in Oslo. Yeah. And that's something didn't... I had to do was thought at an early age. I that... thought that I had, to, of course, no mm. one around me really, really pressured me. And yeah, no one told you I had to. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. But, yeah. but I, uh, but yeah, but I think all of us mm. have these invisible walls yeah. that guide us mm. and I want her to just realize at least that they're there mm. and that they can be moved if yeah. she wants to. Yeah. So that, that's uh, very very uh, great to hear. So so uh, so you try to have a focus on that uh, bringing her yeah, tips and advice about the possibilities are many and uh, there's no direct path. She doesn't have to play handball or football to to be daddy's perfect girl. No. She can play no. badminton or, exactly. or ice skating or whatever that is. Exactly. <laughs> Try not to have specific demands mm -hmm. uh, outside uh, being being nice to yourself and to mm -hmm. others. Yeah. I think that's pretty... Yeah. You can come a long way with those two <laughs> yeah. very simple rules. I see. <laughs> be, and especially be nice to yourself. Mm. Because that, I see that as a growing um, uh, problem with her... Uh, age group mm. uh, and even older yeah. teenagers that they are they're too hard on themselves mm. yeah exactly and we, we've seen that yeah we were also worried about the trend with young people Man, many in many ways people have it better but also in many ways they have it worse than we did that's yeah. a, that's objectively they have yeah. it better mm. but subjectively often worse mm. and that's yeah. very strange yeah and I think it is, well, it's not like rocket science. We, we as a, again, species, we used to be defined by what we do. Mm. Um, finding a career, uh, forming a family, and then repeating. Mm. But again, the Western world has come to this, some kind of plateau where that isn't as necessary anymore, mm. at least not to the same extent that it was. And then mm -hmm. you're left with, then why? Mm -hmm. Why is this? Why do I live? Yeah. And uh, you know my answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Going back to, going back to people and, and uh, question we're very interested about, uh, mental health. Mm. I mean, this is something we have a huge passion for. Mm. So uh, for us, we see mental health problems as the, uh, as the largest health problem which people have. Mm. So, and if we would be wearing mental health on the outside, we would be in a pandemic. Mm. So, um, so when it comes to groups, that is the health problem which people have the most. Mm. Uh, what has been your experience or reflection about 
mental health problems of, of employees or, or yeah. where you detect the, like uh, well can you share some experience or reflection about yeah that? i can use covid again as yeah. an example mm. because um, especially for the younger uh, generation yeah. um, which typically tend to move to a bigger city to pursue their dreams yeah. but then uh, the compromise is that they live very small yeah and they have often their social life outside mm -hmm. the apartment. They yeah. don't have a family, yeah. they don't live with friends anymore. Mm. And especially in New York, yeah. where you have like a tiny, tiny, tiny apartment. Yeah. But, but even so in Oslo. So when suddenly that entire part of your life is taken away from you, mm -hmm. you don't meet colleagues anymore yeah. uh, outside on Zoom. Mm. And you don't have that social arena where mm. you used to dine, date, meet yeah. friends. Yeah. And you're in this small apartment. Mm feeling yeah. alone yeah, and it's hard to get a physical hug or high five from Kertan it wasn't even allowed right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just prohibited so so um, that was like I, I, I would imagine that we're going to see a lot of uh, effects mm. retroactively from Covid mm. on uh, on, um, yeah. on uh, mental health Mm. which we haven't really understood yet. Yeah. But even so, we, we started to see that in the company with some people that were asking if we had, um, because we have health coverage here, mm. insurance and coverage. So, yeah. so um, uh, asking about how our uh, support system is for mm. talking to someone. Yeah. So we added that yeah. to our health coverage mm. uh, so that people can sp speak to, uh, to uh, therapists mm. uh, for free if yeah. they want to. Yeah. And yeah, some of our people have, have used that opportunity. Mm, yeah. And what we try to do when we kind of communicate that broadly to the company that we have mm. this um, have this service now yeah. covered, I, I, I remember when I wrote that email that I used uh, some paragraph on, to your point, mm -hmm. on comparing having any kind of mental problem with breaking your leg. Yeah. Right. And I, I remember writing, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't kind of hesitate mm. going to a doctor to yeah. get it fixed. Right. Yeah. So why should you hesitate mm -hmm. if you broke, bre break something in your, in your mind? Yeah. And I think that's, I'm not a professional, of course, but I think that's the important part of normalizing. Mm. Yeah. Seeking help is to compare it to a physical yeah. injury. Easier to understand. Yeah. It's mm. something that you, yeah. intuitively yeah. Oh, of yeah. course i wouldn't go around with a broken leg that's stupid yeah. mm. why would i go around feeling miserable mm. uh, for no reason yeah. i need, need to get that fixed i see yeah. and, and your point uh, like uh, as we agree there's a lot of stigma and taboo about mental health problems uh, do you think it's changed now yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, yeah. Um, more openness in in, in yeah, society and even, companies you can probably speak to this better than me, but yeah. even with my generation mm. and my guy friends, mm. it's it's not a taboo at all. No. Uh, and uh, I can only imagine for the generation uh, coming after me uh, that this will be very natural. Mm. So, the, so I definitely see that the trend is going in the right direction. Mm. I think one of the things we have to be wary of is this endless, again, and because it's, it's an industry, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want counseling and hours, you'll get it. Mm -hmm. And especially in, in the US, we see a lot of this where it's used as 
as a way to almost keep the, the keep the um, the instability alive, mm. right? You you kind of constantly reinforcing that yeah, you have problems. You should probably yeah. cancel your appointments the next three years. Yeah. And so I'm a little bit afraid of the the pendulum sw swinging. Yeah over in the yeah. other side of this? That, that, that the help in mental health might have also negative effects. It can it be can a self, mm -hmm. uh, a, a kind of self-enforcing uh, mm. yeah. state of mind. Yeah. I am sick, yeah. I need help. But that again, I'm not a professional, mm. but I, I, I would I imagine at least a percentage of mm. mental health problems are very normal. Mm. And it's about identifying them and and uh, and living with them instead mm. of necessarily fixing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. That's a possibility and, and that can happen. Uh, but comparing it also to physical problems, that happens there as well. Exactly. Uh, other people might say, well, I, I, I can't, uh, I'm obese. I don't want to train. I've tried that before. This is who I yeah. am. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm having burger now. Exactly. So, so, so that, that I imagine yeah. this, is, this goes hand this is, in hand yeah, with a, similarity, yeah. with a, mm. a more professional uh, kind of suite of tools. Mm. So that we make sure that we treat the ones that need yeah. to be treated and yeah. not everyone. Because I think it will be a growing just a growing trend that people are looking for meaning outside themselves mm. and that they think they can find it by yeah. endless self-help books, right, as an example. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's the yeah. solution. You would give them science fiction. Read, the, <laughs> read, 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 yeah, science fiction too, but read some fiction. Yeah. Read, yeah. like discover yeah. what humanity is about mm. and yeah. get interested in your surroundings. Yeah. And, and try to see it from a bigger picture. Try picture, to be yeah. a, mm. a participant yeah. in this again mm. <laughs> uh, meaningless thing we call mm. society. <laughs> but there's something I, I assume you don't think is meaningless is that I, I, I've been sitting here for some time and I want to ask you why why can't I have shoes in the office? So it's, it was very interesting. <laughs> so what is it with socks and uh, how? There is a sign here. Or yeah, like you have to take, take your shoes off. It says, "Take off your shoes. You're yeah. home now." Yeah. And uh, as we talked about earlier, we have purposely designed the office to be calming, mm -hmm. not be this white walls office. Yeah. So a safe spot. Yeah. And in my opinion, there is no better equalizer mm -hmm. than taking off your shoes. Yeah. Like Im immediately when you take off yeah. your shoes, you are at the same level as everyone else mm -hmm. in that place. Even if you're coming in as the CEO of Shipstead mm. or a big time investors, yeah. once you kick off those fancy shiny yeah. shoes yeah. and you have to show your socks that very often have holes yeah. in them. Exactly. <laughs> I, I guess like I had to take off. It's like I hope I don't have holes. I take very them. often. Yes, there's no holes. It's kind of, it's one of those. I was very relieved. <laughs> yeah, you, you have great socks. <laughs> but it's one of those physical actions yeah. that impacts Mm. Uh, your uh, state of mind. Yeah. Mm. So you can kind of, you can uh, help the brain mm. uh, get into different moods by this small yeah. physical. Uh, Very interesting. Was that some, somehow inspired by Japanese culture in some degree? Or? No, uh, it was again, as with life, a mm. series of accidents. Yeah. So the first uh, office we had in Oslo mm -hmm. was, a, um, it used to be apartment. Yeah. 
So we uh, we decorated as mm. an apartment. We had a kitchen. We had a living room, yeah. and then it was natural to think that we don't wear shoes mm. when we are in our living room. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it started, and then mm. we we just learned over time that it was a fantastic uh, again equalizer yeah. uh, for everyone, and it it just took down the seriousness and anxiety mm. level a couple of notches yeah. when you're in your socks. Yeah, yeah. I see. Very interesting. I, I, I have to say at least I, I feel I, I, I feel more at home. It took took half a minute. It took half a minute. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it was a good feeling. And you get yeah. quicker to the real conversations. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think so. Mm. Um, I'm fascinated to hear uh, about how you think about uh, your future. Uh, not, yeah, mm. not in the retirement. Mm. Uh, we covered that. Mm. But like in the if you see the couple years ahead. Yeah. Uh, what is important for you the next years ahead? Uh, to write a book. To write a book. Yeah. Okay. That's my next. Uh, that, that's that's the baby which you have. In that's the, the next baby. Yeah. And it will be born mm. when uh, yeah. when the time is right. Yeah. Uh, luckily, this is a child I can control. Yeah. When is it? <laughs> so you want to write a book? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have. Uh, Great. And I can't really explain it yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always I, I do love writing. Of course, mm-hmm. that's a prerequisite. But I've always had. A desire to see if I can, not always, but yeah. for a long time, if I can put uh, enough uh, logical thoughts mm-hmm. on a, a piece of paper to last uh, three, four hundred pages yeah. and keep people uh, interested. Yeah. Only if it's just one or two. Yeah. So it's it's about a ch- it's a ch- it's something I don't know how to do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as we talked about earlier, that's when I'm happy. Mm. So in the dis- discomfort zone, discovering yes, no, new sites. It's new yeah. territory for me. I don't mm. really know how to do yeah. it. I don't know how much time it will take. I started. Uh, you started a bit okay. just to yeah. just to feel it. Yeah. But I know it will take like a minimum a year of yeah. full dedication. So this might be yeah. five years, ten years into the future. Yeah. But that's I always like to have a certain amount of idea of mm. what's next. Yeah. And then uh, perhaps it'll happen. Perhaps yeah. something else will come in the way. But I, I do, I do strongly believe that I, I have one book in me. Yeah. Mm. Is it is it the process then then you're seeking and not necessarily the end result? Uh, it's well both. Mm. Uh, the, if if you define the end results as proving to myself that I could do it, yes, mm-hmm. that's important. Uh, and then I do like the process of diving into new, mm. new matter. Yeah. Uh, so it's both. Yeah. Mm. And have you chosen the topic of the book? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have the. Yeah, wow. I have the story. Yeah, but it's still on. on, on it's a love story. story. It's a love story. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A romantic man. Uh, define romance first. Oof, that's a tough one. Yeah. Full of love. Are you full of yes. love? Yes. Yeah. I'm full of love. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And, uh, I'm. Um, I very seldom entertain negative thoughts. Yeah. Very, very seldom, mm-hmm. both to myself and to others. Yeah. Uh, could can be if someone. Uh, then one thing I react very strongly to mm-hmm. is uh, cowardness and um, people not or betrayal. Mm-hmm. Like if you say one thing and do something else, not yeah. small stuff, no. but like big stuff, where you hang people out to dry. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily me, but others. Mm. I have a very hard time uh, um, dealing with uh, betrayal. But other than that, I have um, no demons.
sadness or mm. uh, anger yeah. in my life that I know of. Yeah. Perhaps it's <laughs> hidden away in a ball in my stomach mm. and will erupt I see. in five yeah. years. I'll I call hope, you. Yeah. I hope no one bet betrays you in a love relationship. <laughs> then, then, it, then it, No, uh, that, that's that's not betrayal. No. Uh, betrayal is it's uh, like taking decisions for yourself yeah. uh, that is good for you. That's not yeah. betrayal. I'm talking about deeper, yeah. Um, yeah. like going back on very important decisions that have been very firmly cemented. So mm. I have very, very few of those examples, but mm. I, if I were to mention yeah. one thing, mm -hmm. that would be something that can make me angry. But um, yeah, I see. Exciting. Exciting. Uh, I would love to take a look. Uh, I, I, I hope I can be on the uh, notification list. Uh, subscription. If, list. if yeah. I have an, uh, if I have a black ball in my stomach <laughs> that I'm not aware of, that will erupt. Yeah. I will call you. Or I will use your, <laughs> use your uh, digital services. Okay, that's, yeah. that's good to hear. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful to have you, you. Uh, talk, talking with us. Uh, I hope you had the same feeling. Yeah, super. Uh, yeah. Talk about yourself is the best thing, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's been very, very nice to have you. And we wish you all the, all the good luck, both yes. with your book and, and your company and, and uh, private life. And the same to you, a life kiss. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.